0: Hello there. My name is Jim. This is Baby Boomer Tales. Glad that you are with us today. You can visit our webpage, babyboomertails.com. There you can see pictures. You can access our podcast from many different places, including Apple Podcasts and Google Play. You can also Click right on our webpage and listen to any one of our podcasts. Today's episode I have named Camping with Kim. When I was a kid, I camped a little. My first recollection of camping is when I was in the Cub Scouts, and if memory serves me right, we were at Bill's grandma's house, the Cub Scout Pack, and Bill's dad was our chaperone or leader he wasn't our pack leader though i always remember women being our pack leader but bill's dad took us on this camping trip and we went fishing and and then that night camping i remember bill telling this story we're all kind of gathered around in the tent and it was late at night and he told a story about this little old man that had been murdered and the guy had cut the little old man's liver out of him and left him for dead and the guy that murdered him thought he was a tough tough guy but one night he heard a noise and he went out and he saw the little old man and the little old man came up to him and said I want my liver I want my liver I want my liver Boo! and we all jumped and screamed and Bill laughed and I laugh every time I tell that story <laughs> Well, camping became part of my boyhood. I camped in the backyard with my brothers. My parents took me on camp trips in the Shasta trailer. We camped as teenage boys out in the woods. Sometimes we kind of got ourselves spooked and I talked about one instance before. As I got older, I'd go backpacking up in the mountains, leave for a day or two at a time. After I got married, my wife, Kim, liked to camp, and I'd come home from work, and she'd have the pickup loaded to the gills with camping equipment, and off we would go. And I always found that when you went four-wheeling up in the mountains, you could get further away than if you went backpacking. It seemed like every time I ever went backpacking, if I was clear up on the Continental Divide, I'd see somebody. But I could go in those old logging roads and whatever in my four-wheel drive truck and get way back up in there, never see a soul. And that's what we would do. We would go, if I was off on Sunday, Saturday night when I got home from work, she'd have the truck ready and off we went. We'd get up there before dark, pitch our tent, make a fire, have a good old time, come home the next day. One time, the most memorable of those, we had two friends, Warren and Sharon, and they were pretty good friends, and we went camping several times with them. But the one time we went clear up where you could see this reservoir down below, and we were pretty high up, and we could see the lake, and it looked pretty small. It was a pretty good sized lake. And the wind was blowing violently that day for some reason. But we're off in a little cove of trees totally protected from the wind you would not even know if the wind was blowing but during the night i'd walk out there and kind of stand against the wind and lean into the wind and felt like the wind if i had like a a coat with big flaps on the wind would just pick me up and take me off and the stars were shining bright as could be you go back into the cove and the fire wasn't even flickering from the wind It was so nice and peaceful and wonderful. What a memory. I still remember going camping that night with Warren and Sharon. After we started having babies, that didn't matter. We'd go up camping with the babies. Just set them in the tent, go to sleep. One thing about camping with Kim, though, for some reason, she had a bear phobia. She claimed it was because when she was a young girl, Her family went to Yellowstone and they had some kind of a tent on the back of the station wagon, and bears tried to get into it or got into their food or something. And to this day, if you talk about bears too much, she gets a little squirrely. Well, I'd be sleeping and she'd wake me up and she'd say, Do you hear a bear out there? Do you hear a bear? course, I'd look out and there's no bears. And I knew there was no bears because I had two buddies that always came with me everywhere I went. And there was no bears going to even approach my campsite with my buddies there. And they were Blue and Chuck. Blue Dog and Chuckahawk, my two dogs. I talked about them on a past podcast. Blue was the toughest dog in the county. And Chuck was her pup and he is a quarter wolf and weighed over 100 pounds. And nothing. If there's any danger when they're around, is they'd maybe run a deer into you, chasing a deer, and it was, you had to watch that. But as far as any wildlife, anything bothering you, there wasn't a chance with those two around. One night, we were above tree line camping, and all of a sudden, Kim woke me up and said, there's a bear out there. What are you talking about? Listen. You could hear this chomp, 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 chomp. And she was rigid. She was just as stiff as a board. She wasn't gonna move. She could hardly breathe, but she woke me up. Go out there and see the run the bear off, you know? <laughs> so I popped my head out of the tent and there's old Chuck laying there eating his food, chomping away, kind of wagging his tail. There are no bears, Kim. Later that same night, she woke me up again. And there was a helicopter flying over us. You could tell it was a helicopter. She said, Jim, I, I think I think that there are escaped convicts out there and they're searching for them." What are you talking about? And long story short on that one is we were on the flight for life path over the mountains into Denver, and it had to be what it was. There were no escape convicts, and they wouldn't be looking for them by helicopter at night. So her mind and her imagination would kind of run away with her, and I always wondered why she loved camping so much, because I don't think she ever got any sleep. I think she just romanticized it so much and loved it so much that she is willing to put up with the sleeping part, you know, missing out on that part, just so she could go camping. Later on, when we bought our place here, before we built our house, it's out in the country and there's no, no neighbors really right there, and she'd want to go camping for the first year we owned it before we built our home. And if you've ever been camping in the summer in the Midwest, you know it's not like camping in the mountains in the summertime. In the mountains in the summertime, you have to take down sleeping bags, and it's really quite cozy in a down sleeping bag. In the Midwest, you don't want anything on you. You're sweating there. If you're in a tent, which you want to be because all the bugs will get you if you're not, you're just dripping with sweat. So I put up with that for one summer, and... Never gone camping out here since. But whenever our grandchildren are here in the summertime, old Mimi, they call her Mimi, Grandma. She goes camping with them out there. They all lay out there sweating and stuff. It's a wonderful thing watching my wife want to be a camper. She reminds me of a girl again instead of a a woman that's lived her life with me. She works real hard on that camp, and she'll put the tent up. She'll take it down. She'll do everything if I just go camping with her. I'm always amazed at that, how hard she works just for that, that moment in time that she's making a memory, if it's with me or the grandkids or with Blue and Chuck. <laughs> now, I don't let my dog out there camping with her now. I don't want her getting into a skunk or something. If that happened to Blue and Chuck, they just weren't allowed to come home for a couple days. But that was a long, long time ago in a whole different world. I admire my wife and the zest she has for life. She has really brought me out of my hole. I'd rather just settle in in my office and not really participate in high adventure anymore. I always feel like I had so much high adventure when I was young. I'm ready just to pack it in here at the house. So my wife keeps me young, she keeps me going, and I'm better off for it. It's a good thing to have a wife. It's a good thing for me. I know she thinks I don't appreciate her, but I really, really do. I don't know where I'd be without her. I know I'd have to carry on. That's what she'd want me to do. We never really realize how blessed we are until we look back at how blessed we were. Life is funny that way people and loved ones that come into your life and share that moment of time with you it's a wonderful thing to experience and you just need to grasp it and hold on and cherish it so they can stay with you forever one of the most amazing encounters i ever had while camping is earlier i was speaking about warren and sharon And the great time we had up high in that cove with the wind blowing. And we went camping several times with Warren and Sharon during that time they lived in the town where we live. But then they moved away. They moved to Idaho. We actually went and visited them once. And years later, we're up north of where we live, about an hour north, and in our area of Colorado. In the 70s they had a moose release where they released several moose into the wild and had them with a little collar on the radio tracking device whatever the technology was then and to see a moose back then was an amazing thing out in the wild today it's fairly common you can just go about anywhere and see moose you can see moose in towns and whatever but then They'd only released several, and it had been about a year or two before when they released it. And we were clear up north, northern Colorado, and we were going to go camping. We were driving back on this old road, and we came up over a little hill, and there was a young moose right in the road. It was the only second time I'd ever seen one in the wild. And it kind of was running around in a circle. I think we had confused him and he was scared and we didn't get out of the car. They can be very dangerous. But then he went on and, you know, you're just amazed how big a moose is. If you've ever seen one, they're much larger than an elk and giant compared to a deer. There's no comparison there. But so we drove on just being in awe of what we saw and came to the spot we decided to camp. And there's this guy walking down the road. Oh, man, there's people back here. We don't want to camp with people back here. But as the guy got closer, we recognized him. It was our friend Warren, who lived in Idaho now. And it's just amazing. Get out of the car and hug and greet each other. And he takes us back to their camp. And there was Sharon. and I believe we all had kids by then. I'm sure we did. And we spent the night camping. And that's the last time I ever saw them. My wife is friends with them on Facebook. But it was just an amazing thing of all the hundreds of thousands of square miles. There they were. And I mean, it's not like they just lived in Colorado. They they lived in Idaho. It was kind of like God just set them there just to give us one last hurrah. It was a fun camping trip. I really loved those people. It's blessed my heart to see them. As I talk about my adventures in camping with Kim, I don't want anyone to misread what I'm trying to say. I was not making fun of my wife one little bit. It just blesses me so much when she is like that. Even her being a little afraid of bears and thinking that there's escaped convicts out there. To me, it's just the cutest thing in the world. She's the most adventurous, bravest woman I've ever known. If it wasn't for her, like I said earlier, I don't even know where I'd be. She's definitely my partner. She's my sweetheart. She's the love of my life. I'm glad I get to go camping with her, even if it's here in the Midwest in the summertime. Count your blessings. Be kind to those around you. Kindness is what wins in life. I'll be back next week.